You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Should be in us that when it comes to being a son of God or mature Christian, you're going to be led by the Spirit. You're going to follow the one that Jesus said and sent to guide us into all truth. He said he would guide us, and he sent him to guide us, according to John 16 and 13. And the wonderful thing about truth is, according to John 17 and 17, it sanctifies you. It cleans you up. And so one way we are going to know if a person is being led by the Spirit is a lifestyle change. They are living above reproach. Not dipping and dabbing into, into sin, being sanctified. Set apart in order for God to use them for his purpose and for his, his glory. And spirit-led people understand that there will be many distractions within and without. One of the distractions that we have to be careful about is who we hang with. Oh yeah, who we hang with. I want you to consider what 1 Corinthians 15, go there with me, 15 and 33 says. You have to be careful about who you hang with. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You can be habitual when it comes to thinking, talking, and doing the right thing 24-7. And one person can mess that up. I said one person can mess that up. You can be on your way up. One person. can cut you down be not deceived evil company corrupts good habits when you're corrupted you start allowing things that you know are right to become tainted to you. It's right, but you're still dishonest. Why? Corruption. 
when you're corrupt, you will allow your cleanness to become ungodly. Instead of being holy, you'll start thinking, talking, and acting un unholy. And sometimes you'll get stuck in that place. Be not deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Say to your neighbor, you have to watch who you hang with. Get this. Literally a companion or somebody you hang with is one who another shares bread with. You can't go to lunch with everybody. You can't sit at everybody's table. You can't drink coffee with everybody. I want to show you what happened to a church. Go with me to Galatians 3. And we'll start at verse 1. Galatians 3 and 1. Matter of fact, that's all I'm going to read is just the first verse. Pastor said to the church. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And this is the sad part, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. They knew better, but they still allowed Somebody to bewitch them. To bewitch. To bewitch is to have a strong influence on. And that's the reason bewitch is associated with the spell. Folks are so influenced by another person or a thing to where when you try to talk to them about doing what's right, they act like, I don't want to hear that. Act as if they're under a spell. Sister, you know this wrong. Yeah, but... Like they're under a spell. And notice again, Paul, he knew it was somebody that did it. Who? Who has put you under a spell? Influencing you to sever a relationship with truth. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey what? Put a spell on them to where they decided to cut off their relationship with what made them free. You couldn't help yourself until truth got to you. And now you're going to cut truth off? Who done bewitched you? You know how jacked up you, you were. And you've seen how truth transformed you. And then you're going to cut off what helped you. What you said bless you. Man, that word was just right for me. But you, 
You cut it off. You cut it off. Say to your neighbor, don't cut off. What you know has been helping you. Don't cut it off. And so, you have to be careful when it comes to the company you keep because people can influence you for the worse. I said, people can influence you for the worse. And contextually, you'll notice in the latter part of Proverbs 28 and 7, it talks about a glutton and how we are not to be a companion or, or someone that, that shares bread, wealth, a glutton, a glutton. And most folks, when, when they think about a glutton, they think about somebody that, that, that eats all of their plate and then <laughs> continues working on the pot, the pan, and whatever else they can get there. Hands on. That's what we think about. But you have to understand because this is a this is a proverb, something that reveals literal and spiritual truth is is bigger than just the literal meaning of a glutton. And you have to look in into even uh, the root cause of, of a glutton that eats all the time, uh, you have to look at the root cause. A glutton is an Epicurean, a person that has a sensual desire for pleasure. Eating because of the pleasure. Fool, but continues to eat because of the pleasure. You couldn't just eat a couple of those Lay's potato chips. What is the saying? No one. Can eat just one. True say it. True say it. I've tried it. True say it. But it's a difference in eating more than one than being an Epicurean. Where you go from bag to bag to bag to bag. Until there's no bags left. An Epicurean or a glutton is looking for sensual pleasure and, and, and taking it further because of a glutton continuing because of the pleasure it says about him or her that they're out of control. Don't have any control. Can't keep their flesh or their self under subjection. Just keep Doing it because you're, you're out of control. And we'll get mad at you if you try to stop. 
You don't need to be eating all that. You need to mind your business. I paid for it. And see, I'm not smiling. That's how they'll look at you. They ain't smiling. Don't you think you done had enough? I'm a grown man. It's a lusting. It's a choosing of the flesh over the spirit. A choosing of what you want to do versus what God has has told you to do. And see, that's the reason it's, it's, it's a danger. It's a danger for you to hang with somebody that your relationship is based upon sensual pleasure. You shouldn't be looking at that. Look, you need to mind your bed. Yeah, but you know you. <laughs> and and you, you can have a sensual pleasure of doing what's wrong, but still think you're right. Say to your neighbor, not so. Not so. And so you can't hang with a glutton. Someone that's out of control. <laughs> but, but not only is a glutton out of control, a glutton is also reckless. irresponsible because a glutton cannot control what needs to be controlled cannot quit what needs to stop it needs to stop yeah but it's so good But it's good that God calls sin. And the wages of sin is death. It's quiet in here. Do I have a house of gluttons? Y'all off are quiet. Y'all okay? Let's go further. Let, let's consider what the writer says in, in Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs 21. Notice the 21st verse. He who follows what? And mercy finds what? And what else? And what? Now keep in mind, we're talking about a glutton. A glutton is so embedded in unrighteousness to where because of his or her recklessness the person is hindering God's righteousness his mercy 
and what God desires to give the person in order to live. The person is actually hindering it from manifesting in his or her life completely out of control. And notice back in Proverbs 28 and 7, the conclusion of a person that hangs wealth, a glutton, is that the person shames his father. Shames the person that has taught him better. When you become a companion of gluttons, you shame your father. The archaic meaning of, of, of shame is to wound. To wound is to, is to hurt or cause pain. It's just like a natural father. That has taught his daughter, look, this is what you got to do, baby. If you do this right here, everything going to be all right. But then his daughter, knowing right from wrong, chooses to do wrong. And then when his father finds out, it's like, my baby, I can't believe she. And so it's a hurt. A wound, something that can't heal right away. It takes time. It takes time. But then shame also has a flip side because to shame also means to provoke or make angry. She hurt me. But that car she wanted, she better get her a good job. Woo. Can't get no parents to go with me right now. I had put all that money back for him to help him with his, with his down payment on his house. But after this. I'm going to get me a sports car with that money. So, so, so it's twofold when, when you shame your father by hanging with somebody you have no business hanging with. There's a hurt to your father, but there's also a side of anger that says you're cut off. You want to do this so you won't receive Unless you're a weak father or a whip. And, and notice this. When, when you don't address. Someone that has, has taught. Has chosen to hang with the wrong people. The right way. That person will continue. To do. The same. Irresponsible things. Again and again and again. Just keep doing the same. In their mind, they're not. But they'll just keep doing the same thing. Again, again, and again. Y'all all right? Yeah. And so, when you look at Proverbs 28 and 7, you have to see what is in contrast to a person that is a companion of a glutton, which is a 
a discerning son. A discerning son. One antithesis of, of discern is to, to miss or to fail to see what's, what's wrong about it. I said one antithesis of this urn is to miss or fail to see what's wrong about it. The it being a thing or a, a person. You know, she, she a sweet girl, but she ain't right. As sweet as she is, she ain't got the Holy Ghost. You, you, you know, he, he a good brother. Come to church the way he need to come to church. But he still won't commit himself to God. You know, he, he is so loyal in doing what, what, what he's doing, but he still won't turn them cigarettes. See, see, if some of us would have disearned, we wouldn't have missed certain things. You can get so caught up in something to where you, you will miss what you really need to. See, see, some of us, we'll we, we dive into something, and then six months later, we man, I wish I would. See, because certain things we do in immaturity that requires maturity to do. Certain things we do because of selfishness instead of being led by the spirit. Certain things we do because we want to do it instead of allowing God to direct our path. And whenever you are that type of a person, you will have a life of missing what you should have seen or discerned. See, it's quiet because all of us have been there. But get this, some folks live in that misposition their whole life. I, I have wondered about folks. I, I said, well, you know what? So-and-so know doing right is, is what God wants, and he knows God is real, but he keeps doing the dumb stuff. And as if he don't know what to do. But when you get in that miss state, you'll continue to choose to do what's wrong instead of right. Get to the point to where it, even, it doesn't even matter about what you you know, you just do it because you have been entrapped by the thing or you have been snared to the point to where you have become comfortable or okay with it. But that's not a discerning sign. No, when, when you are a discerning sign, 
you see the good, but you also see the evil. And, and sometimes you, you, you see the good and the evil and you say, well, I see five good things and I see five evil things. But, but then the, the main thing that just causes you to know specifically what you should and shouldn't do is that, yeah, good traits, five good traits, five not so good traits, but the bottom line, no God. No God. Good traits, bad traits, no God. So no relationship. No connection. Why? You are a discerning son. But then you have to take it further, even in the church. So so and so wanted me, she want me and her to be friends. Two women will want to be friends. So let me just see. Uh, should we have a casual relationship? Or can this be somebody I can become close to? You have to put your discerning into action. What level is she on? Does she attend church the way I attend church? Do we have the same interests? Even when it comes to the church. And, and brothers and sisters you hang with, you have to ask yourself certain questions. You have to be able to discern whether you, you should or should not hang with certain folk, whether in the church or outside the church, if you're going to be a discerning son. And, and even when, when, when it comes to what you, let, what you allow to affect you, you have to be on a self, certain level of discerning. Well, I said something that made so-and-so mad. Should I allow it to ruin my day? Or was I right in saying it? If I wasn't right in saying it, I'm just going to go and get this thing right with her. But if I was right, but it's still trying to bother me, I can't let it bother me. You have to be discerning because if you're not discerning, certain things will try to influence or control your life. And instead of you getting better, you'll get worse. You have to be able to dis discern. Look at, look at this first clause again. Let's read it. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Notice again, Proverbs 28 and 7. Whoever keeps the law is a... So notice the conclusion that Solomon re reaches. If a person does not keep the word, Written and revealed. That's what the law represents. He or she is not a discerning son. Now based upon this verse. Me and your conversation. Will determine whether. You and I. Should connect. Based upon this verse. If we bring up a conversation about giving, and I say, you know what, tithing is just right, brother. I say, you know, uh, God will open up them windows, pull you out, blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. And you being you being honest, you say, well, you know, well, I, I I know you believe in tithing, but I got my reservations about it. Uh, and, and that's your choice. But your choice lets me know that we can't hang. You good person. You being honest to me. But, but, but your honesty about something lets me know. Me and you, we can't have no relationship. Because I don't want to be hanging around somebody that don't believe in 
God giving or giving to God. Am I losing y'all? You have to you have to discern to the point to where you know point blank whether a person is a son or not. Yeah, but then you have to determine whether a person is striving to be a son are in sonship, but not as mature as you are. It's not just one level of this earning is what I'm trying to tell you. And you have to be to the point to where you can disearn to the point to where you know how to form a relationship with somebody. Because if you don't disearn, you'll mess around and you'll start hanging with somebody you have no business hanging with. A disearning son is going to keep the word. I could have called this word keepers part two. But discerning son just stuck out to me. You got to be able to discern. You got to know what's going on. You got to be able to distinguish between what looks right and what's not right. What looks wrong, but is not wrong. You got to be able to distinguish. You can't just call a person your brother just because he comes to church. I have, had, I have told folks, that, yeah, I said, he attended our church, but he's not a member. I said, he knows when a person violates certain things that uh, their membership is automatically cut off. He's not a member, so I hear you saying that he's doing this, that, and the other, but he's not a member of our church. Because folk would try to associate you with somebody that's a mess. You ain't going to associate me with somebody that's a mess. Right? That's tough. That's tough right there, ain't it? But it's just the truth. I've had tell folks now. I said, "Yeah, he'll ten, but he he a mess." We, we. And, and you and you said, "Can you say somebody else a mess?" Well, folks already know it. They already know it. It's everywhere. Everybody already know it. And so sometimes you you have to save the face of your ministry or your church. It's just like, because y'all, some of y'all feeling a certain way. I got, I got to deal with this a different way. Yeah, y'all, some of y'all feeling a certain way. You can say what you want to say. I, I did, I'm discerning. But hold on. Hold on to me. Jesus had, had gave Peter a great compliment. When, when Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And so they got talking, well, you know, some say you this, that, and the other. And, and Jesus said, but who, who do you say that I am? Oh, Peter going to step up. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, blessed art thou, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter was feeling pretty good because he done got a prophetic word. Thereafter, Jesus talked about washing feet. Peter got so into himself, he said, Lord, you ain't going to wash my feet. You ain't going to do this, that, and the other. The same one he had complimented, he had to call a devil. And told him if he didn't partake of what he was doing, he wouldn't have any part with him. The wonderful thing about Peter that, that, that I still love to this day is, is that Peter didn't have to go and pray about nothing. When Peter recognized that he was wrong, Peter would be quick to repent. He said, Lord, you, you don't only have the permission to wash my feet, but whatever part of my body you want to wash, you can wash it. He found out that Jesus was not going to be a companion with somebody that was in contrast to the will of God. Get this, no matter how close they were. And at that point, he was more close to Peter than any of the rest of the, of the disciples. He discerned that Peter was acting like the devil and therefore he called him the devil. Some of y'all couldn't take that from me. Ooh, when we got the internet now, oh good God. <laughs> and, and, and you know how they got them likes and dislikes? Ooh, good God. Man. But the word is right. When you keep the law, you are a discerning son. And say to your neighbor, it ain't always easy to keep the law. I have wanted to cuss out folks since I've been saved. I have wanted to ask folks to leave this church since I got saved. I have actually want, I, I have actually had him. I wish he would just leave the church. Go ahead and talk about me. <laughs> or if you want to wait to dinner time, go ahead and do it. But I'm just, just telling you truth. But see, you got to keep the law. You tell folk the truth, but you got to love folk despite what they do. Jesus didn't call Peter the devil because he didn't love him. He, he called him that because he wanted Peter to recognize what you're doing is not of God. Sometime is, is challenging to keep the word. But that's, that should be expected by mature Christians especially. Because we know that there are things and enemies that, that, that come to steal the word. The devil comes to steal it. It's valuable. Anytime you're getting something valuable, it's going to be somebody that's going to try to steal it. As it is in the natural, so is it in the spiritual. What's the most valuable thing you know? The word. Solomon, Solomon was the richest man, uh, uh, probably the richest man who ever lived. And Solomon would, would constantly talk about choosing wisdom over silver and gold, over rubies and precious diamonds. 
He had stuff that was priceless. You couldn't even put a price on it. That's how rich he was. So rich and, and so wise to when, when the queen of Sheba came to look and listen to him. Now this was a woman that in, in our day and time, the level she was on, she would, she would have been a trillionaire. Had trillions. But when she seen what Solomon had and his wisdom, she fainted. She fainted. You understand that? This woman fainted and she already had tons of stuff. But she fainted when she heard his wisdom and she saw what he had. Y'all better read y'all about it. But here he goes. He said, look, the word is greater than, than silver. You have to discern what's best for you. I said, you have to discern what's best for you. And the best thing you can have is the word. That's the best thing you can have. You get the word, money coming. You get the word, everything else is coming. But the main thing is the word. That's the reason Jesus said to his disciples, look, you worried about what you what you're gonna get to eat and all this stuff right here. Look, don't even worry about that. God, that's God. He, he'll, he'll do that. He said, You just need to seek him first. And the rest will come to you. That is that is true. And some of us know it's true. But let me close. Let me close this. Good God. Let, let's go to uh the book of Hebrews. I'm closing with this. Because I done got on a roll. But I hope that role helps somebody. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Lord have mercy. Fifth chapter, Hebrews 5. We're still talking about discerning. Hebrews 5. Specifically, a discerning son. Hebrews 5 and 13. We'll start at verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk, and notice there's a choice, is unskilled in the word of what? For he is a... Let, let me tell you something. When, when you're unskilled, you can have the tools, but you just don't know how to use the tools properly. I got, a, I, I, got a, I got just about every kind of tool you can name. But some tools I, I have, uh, I keep them in case one of the skilled workers that's working for me does not have the tool. I can't use the tool. I got a big tractor. Well, it ain't a big, big tractor, but it's a big tractor. I got the tool, this tractor, and I got like 15 different attachments you can put on the thing. You know, you can, you can uh, correct the driveway, dig a hole. You can move brush from one place to another. And I can do some of it, but I'm not skillful. You know what I am? I'm a babe. Because sometimes I get on that tractor and I be, I be done pile up all this stuff and I'm going to move it from one place to, a, to this big ditch that I got that I'm trying to keep stuff in. And so when, when I go to scoop it up, 
instead of scooping it and the, and the uh, ground still looks level, I got about three, four holes in that. <laughs> now, at one time, I, I had not just a little hole. It was like I was trying to dig a grave. <laughs> Didn't know what I was doing. But the more I started doing it, the better I got. I'd be like, oh, man, I ain't got but three or four little holes now. I'm getting better. I'm just going to keep practicing. And I'm going to be able to hit that land. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to look. And it ain't going to be nothing down there. But see, I had to make the choice. Whether to get upset because the word didn't work for me and quit. Well, the tractor didn't work. Right the first time, I couldn't get it right the first time and just quit and sell the tractor. I'll continue to use it until I get better and better and better at it. And see that when you are a babe, it may not work the first few times. You just may mess it up. Don't ever stop doing the word. The word works. I said the word. I said the word. But let's take it further. Verse 15. Or verse 14. But solid food. Belongs to those who are. A full age or mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern what? When you become mature, you, you'll be able to step away from evil. Even though evil is pleasurable. Yeah, it's pleasurable. I wouldn't mind. But I ain't going to hell for you. Woo! <laughs> But I can't. Look like y'all enjoying yourself. Yeah, we got such, such uh, Really? All right. You know that'll take you to hell, right? I'll see you. Get your little witness in. But you discern at the same time. When you're mature, you, you'll be able to discern and you'll make the right choice because you're discerning son. I'm going to stop right there. Lord have mercy. Come on, let's give God a bigger hand.